Chocolate to my Oreo. (laughs) (laughs) It is our world and everyone's just living in it. There it is. That's what I like to hear. We got a lot of stuff to talk to you good people about today. And, ooh, unless you've been living under a rock, a fantastic championship game on Monday between Villanova and North Carolina. Got to give my man Dylan credit. He called Villanova when we talked about the Final Four last week. And I had North Carolina... Uh, but I don't think anybody really lost unless you put money on it and or went to those schools. I mean, Dan, Dylan, that was I – hate, I hate people say it's the best championship game ever because it's just the most oh. recent, right? But it's, it's, it's got to be up there, but I wouldn't say it's the best one. I mean, what, what I know we talked about a little bit when we were watching it, but just give me your thoughts about, about what went on in that game, just the back and forth of it. Oh, it was fantastic. Neither t- For some reason, North Carolina, who was a 30% – three-point shooting team all season, they all of a sudden decided, hey, I'm going to hit 10 out of 13. Marcus Page, oh, yeah, I'm Marcus Page. Let me just hit nine straight points. Right. I mean, yeah, that was Bryce insane. Johnson, hey, hey, let me just dunk over all of you guys three different times. Daniel Ochefu, I see you, Bryce. Let me just show you my own big man finger roll, Hakeem Olajuwon style. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, you had a lot of people complain about the refs, which I hate hearing, but they were bad refs, but they were bad for both sides. Villanova got shafted the first half. North Carolina got shafted some in the second half. But, you know, it didn't take away from the game, I thought. It was just a great game all the way around. Just a lot of uncharacteristic from both teams. Villanova turned the ball over much more often than they usually do. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think the refs really had a, a big say in it. Because, I mean, when you get down to a, a game with no. a three-pointer to win it, they both had their you know their chances. Uh, Villanova got a little tight. They had that 10-point lead. North Carolina made that run. Marcus Page with that double-pump three-pointer. I mean, you know. That was unbelievable. That's going to be a forgotten sick. shot. Yeah. And then I, what I'm a thinking, double boys. double from whoop. 23 feet. Yeah. But Chris Jacobs. Just uh, you know, just impressed me throughout that game. Oh, showing the range, blooded. and that was just feathery. You know, just swap. And uh, the other guy, uh, Di- Diaccio, Diaccio, uh, he forced to put Villanova. 
There you go. It's something like that. He uh, he put them on their back. I know he was shooting their eye out. I, you know, I may not know how to pronounce his last name, but I know he was tingling the twine. The only thing I didn't get enough of was my man Bill Raftery because I was waiting on some onions, you know, you know, with the kids. I, I didn't even watch Raftery. that broadcast. I, I had to show my man Finner and some love. He was on that team stream. And, by the way, big props to Finner and did a fantastic job. I mean, you, you can't buy an experience like that. No, I, uh, I tuned in. That's what I was smoking. I tuned in because uh, I was running. I was running late the day after. I told you I was, I was hammered, uh, and I heard his call to, <laughs> to end the game, and I didn't know that you know he was doing it. Uh, and I remember like, like last week or two weeks ago, he was just trying to like get a ticket, and then he went from that to doing the game yep. to having that fantastic call, especially at the end. Yeah, uh, big ups to the defender for for getting in there and then actually doing a really good job. Uh, and real fast before we move off of that, I mean, we could talk about that forever. That was a really good game. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the women last night, but they just nope. look so easy. I, I just like to see history, you know, to see if they could get four, that class could get four straight uh, champion, uh, championships. And now Gino's tied Wooden. Yeah. Now he's past Wooden. He's at 11. Or past Wooden. He passed Wooden on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to throw that out there for all my uh, Lady Basketball fans out there. That UConn program is ridiculous. And I read a story that he may uh, actually be listening to that Oriyama that is. Listen to overtures from the NBA if they come calling. It's like, hmm, you know, how much more does he have left to do at Connecticut? So that would be interesting to see if that happens, how that would play out. But, you know, I got to give them some credit. It's, it's hard to, you know, win four in a row. And they've been to the Final Four 11 times, and they are 11 and 0. I mean, just shout out to UConn women. I don't like them, but, hey, you got to give them credit where credit is due. Okay. And that's their minute of fame. That's all they get. Yeah, that's all they get. We got we to move on, keep it moving. I'm going to throw it to you because I was, I, was, I was watching the game. And for anybody, you know, they got a chance to listen to part of our broadcast uh, last week and the weeks before, and we talked about Grilly closing for the Braves. And Dylan has been adamant about it from the word go, that he shouldn't be in there. And lo and behold, he blows the save. They go into extra innings, and they lose to the Nationals. I'm going to go ahead and let you, you know, go fire off on them because they deserve it because you called it. There was a whole lot that I could fire off on, and it's just the team played well for eight innings. It was just from the ninth inning on. And you can talk about it being new school, about how he wanted to bring in Aroidas Vizcaino just to face the heart of their lineup. The problem with that being is if you're going to tell me that you don't trust Grilly to face the heart of their lineup, why would you trust him to close the game out? Coming off of a torn Achilles when Daniel Winkler, who pitched the seventh inning, struck out the side easily. And then to do the double switch or the triple switch, really, when you bring in Frank Orr, then you take out out Jace Peterson and put in Gordon Beckham, which I understand you want to go righty-lefty, but Mm -hmm. that was a horrible, horrible move because Gordon Beckham, I love him. He's a George Bulldog. He helped take us to a College World Series. The dude's not a defensive replacement. There's a reason he doesn't play short, and there's a reason why he didn't play short as soon as he got to the bigs. Peterson's a second baseman too, but Peterson's a better defender than Gordon Beckham's ever been. Not to mention, you weren't losing anything with the stick. It's just, honestly, Freddie, Free, or Freddie Gonzalez is a triple-A manager. That I think he'd be the most happiest there, where he can just continually shuffle lineups and change players in and out. That's really when he's the most happy. He cannot get out of his own way. So you saw in the tent the Braves are left with Eric O'Flaherty, who was just a throw-in pickup that the Pirates said they didn't want anymore. 
because you didn't use your closer in the save situation. And you're going to see the same thing all year unless Grizzly gets traded. You saw Jim Johnson lose the game for you. Shocker there. So right. you could you could have started out 1-0. Instead, you gave a game away. And you can't do that when you're a good team. You definitely can't do it when you're a bad team. Yeah, and, and, and on top of that, and we say all that, but he almost got away with all of that. I just don't know what – I understand there was a short hop in that second hop for Brzezinski. But that was almost a catch from throw him out way to end the game. Uh, that was the easy. Fireworks. You expect, you expect I, your pro catcher to make that play. Yeah. And it's in the league 18 years. Play, yeah, if, we, if he makes that play, we aren't even talking about all these other things probably. I mean, you would because I know that you need to into the Braves. But, yeah, but I mean, but it still would have worked out. Uh, even uh, everything else that happened in that game, it would have worked out. I, I mean, he, can we talk about how you seen Jason Worth right there on a pop-up to – Short center right. I mean, that wasn't even in the gap. I was shocked they even. Maybe the like, Jason you know, worked eight something. years ago. Oh, right, you know, and he's got all that wild, crazy hair, probably slowing him down. Wind drag. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't get that. I, I, I didn't get that at all. Um, and I felt for you. I was like, yeah, he called it, and I'm watching the play out exactly the way he called it. So again, you did two for two. Call the Braves and really call Villanova. So there wish I'd been wrong about that. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, and tonight, exactly. tonight I get to watch Bud Norris go against Steven Strasburg. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Steven's up and down. You know, Strasburg, he came in on fire, but I don't think he's as unhittable as, you know, the hype that still associates his name. You know what I mean? He was so hyped up that we still think he's that guy that can just come in. He can shut you down, but I don't think it is a – I quiver when I see him now, like, oh, he's, you know, this is no-hit potential. I, he's too up and down for me to get that, you know, to Not be against the Braves, though. But, but Bud Norris, um, he is yeah, he is dominant against the Braves, and Bud Norris is some hot garbage. <laughs> All right, I'm bring my. I mean, back Baltimore up. said they didn't want you. Baltimore, who has no pitching. Baltimore, who has no pitching, says, "Yeah, yeah. hey, uh, we're, we don't need you anymore." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's pretty bad. Um, so we're going to get off the break so we can, you know, keep it moving. And I want you to get your spirits back up. Cause I know that I, I had to text my man yesterday, like, don't, wherever you are, don't throw anything because I didn't know you wanted yeah. to. <laughs> uh, my Reds, woo-woo. Like I told, uh, put it on Facebook. This might be the only time this year that we'll be above 500, but I will take it. Uh, they use a five-run eighth inning to come back and beat the Phillies in the battle of last year's uh, cellar dwellers. And for a while, it looked ugly there. You know, they were down 2-1 to one for a long time. Uh, Coles are coming back, playing better. Uh, Nezirocco still trying to get it together. Uh, but And, and Votto has struck out three times before, you know, he, he got the game with an uh, RBI there in the eighth, and then they kind of just opened the floodgates a little bit uh, going on the win. I I think that's gonna how they're going to have to win. And I, and they got lucky they only gave up two runs because they're playing the woeful Phillies. But I think that's how they're going to have to win games. They're going to have to – it's going to have to be an outscore game. It's going to be like an AL – you know, West game where it's like 10 to 6 or something crazy. They're not going to win any 2 to 1 games. I just don't see it happening. Um, they basically have a whole start rotation on the disabled list. Uh, and they, we called up Stevenson to pitch the third game of this set. And if you watched him in spring training, he just got lit up like a firecracker on the 4th of July and the 5th when you had leftover fireworks. He was going to be the fat man. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not really excited about the rest of the series, but you know, Cincinnati being the oldest uh, franchise, we got to take it while you can get it. Pack it out. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. So I don't know. I may not see the Braves over 500 again 
I may not see the Braves over 500 again this season. Oh, that's not true. The Reds got to come here for four games, so you might take three or four from us. There's, there's just no telling. That I, I don't know. Depends on who's pitching. It ain't like we got anybody that's going to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen from game to game with the Reds, so I'll take it as it comes. Um, is there any other games that you wanted to, uh, to talk about before we we kind of move off baseball here for a second? I know you were bummed that Sonny Gray got scratched for food poisoning. Like, dude, don't eat there yeah. ever again before you pitch. Uh, I was, was so excited. I was so excited yeah. to see him sail. But I got a pretty good consolation matchup. I got to watch Jake Arrieta and Garrett Richards uh, watching the battle of Mike Trout versus Chris Bryant. And uh, the mm. Cubs have won that. Cubs have started out 2-0 for the first time since 1955. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it hasn't been any of their big guys. It hasn't been Hayward leading the charge. It hasn't been Bryant. Rizzo, of course, is being Rizzo, popping off doubles and homers. Um, it hasn't been Schwarber. It's been Matt Caesar, also a Villanova grad. Three hits this season, a homer, and two doubles. This is their fourth outfielder, who's really only their fourth outfielder, and so Javier Baez comes back off the disabled list. So I, mm-hmm. I am really interested to watch the Cubs this year. I, they are absolutely loaded. There is no easy out in that lineup. Um, there's, there's a little bit of worry in their rotation. Their top two is as strong as anybody in the game with Arietta and Lester, but after that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a few. I don't know what Garza's got left. So, well, I'll well, keep an eye on that. Yeah, I've never been a huge Lackey fan as far as dominance. He's always sitting right around a four ERA. He just chews up innings. But an innings eater that doesn't pitch particularly well, doesn't really help you out that much. Well, it depends on how you're sliding. That is my one. But, you know, if I'm on, a, if he's in my three spot or maybe in my four spot behind Garza and he's going to get another four, you know, and he's eating up innings, he's still going to give, like you said, that lineup a chance to win. The only concern is for him in Chicago because if the wind blows like two yeah. miles an hour, pop-ups are home runs. And, but that's anybody, really, unless you can keep the ball down. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of either, you know, to keep that bullpen fresh, I like him as a three man, you know, and you can never be saying something about being happy, right? Because him and Lester are homeboys, so maybe that helps exactly. them better. Sometimes you are you play better when you are in better surroundings and you're playing with friends, so that's that, that can work a, out. Definitely, they yeah. they just look uh, like they have all the makings of a dominant team this year, especially with Joe Madden yeah, running the helm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the other piece I had to that is that. I really think it's going to come down to – I don't think it's going to be a three-man race anymore in my division. I think it's going to be the Pirates and the Cubs. Uh, when I watched the St. Louis, they just, they just don't have that it right now. I think they just mm-hmm. started to lose too many people. Um, I think they still have a good farm system, but sometimes relying on prospects doesn't always work out. Uh, so I really think it's going to be Pittsburgh and Chicago. And uh, we talked about – I don't know why in God's name they put the Dodgers and the Padres on TV. I told you. That was going to get ugly. <laughs> I told you it was going to get ugly. When it was three to nothing, so it's going to get ugly. Because um, the Padres, who, who we thought they were. Yeah, he's playing. He must man. watch TV. Yeah. He was just, he was dealing. Yeah, absolutely. Every pitch um, he had was working exactly like he needed it to. And he was dropping in curveballs from, from eye level down to their belt buckle. It, it, he's just, when he's on like that, he's completely unhittable. That could have happened and to anybody. That's true, but they, they, I mean, they don't sort of give up 11 runs, though. Like, if you lose one or two to nothing, okay, but they got stopped. But, yeah, uh, Clay yeah. Kershaw, we talked about it before. 
if it was both of our picks in the National League to win the Cy Young, because I just can't bet against that guy. His stuff is just too filthy. And like you said, when he's on like that, you know, <laughs> good night, especially against a bad positive lineup. Yeah. You might get Kemp hot here and there, and you might get um, – Will Myers uh, might take the next step. Will Myers. He might, yeah. But, I mean, outside of those two, I wouldn't give them anything to hit because I feel like I could still put them on base and get everybody else out. That's just me. I, you know, let them get themselves out if not walk them. Uh, and the last thing from the other games, uh, last night, uh, <laughs> Jose Batista with the leg grab cost <laughs> Toronto the game against the Rays. The race. I still Braves think that was the right call. Too. Yeah, but I still think that's the right call. I don't think it's the slide. By the letter of the law. But he, but he, but he grabbed the fact his that he came like, off the bat. It, well, it's, the new rule is you have to maintain contact with the bag. So he would have been right. all right if he had not slid off the bag. It's the same thing you saw with Marcakis in the Braves game. If you just if you come off of the bag, then they're going to call you out, and it's an instant double play. And they they didn't set up that rule right. Um, the way they should have set it up was if you are out of the baseline, if you go out of the baseline to do it, then it's a double right. then it's a double play because you have about an arm's length either way, and you establish your baseline as a runner as soon as you take off. Now, if you go outside of that baseline, that's when it should be ruled that way because there was nothing wrong with what Jose Bautista did. He didn't affect the play at all, honestly. He barely touched the guy's leg. He tried to, but he didn't get a hold of him, and he really that was almost no impact. That was just a bad throw that got bailed out by a new rule. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's the flip side of that. I think they would have let him fly if his hand hadn't got up on his leg. I think the contact even though he wanted to do more but then maybe didn't get as much as he wanted to, the fact that they, they looked at it and saw him make contact with his arm when he didn't when his, it was an unnecessary baseball play to put his arm up there to try to grab him. I think that's really what got him. I think they may have let him fly, and I could be wrong, but I think they might have let him fly with the coming off the bag. But when he put his hand up and made contact, even because they're trying to make sure you don't make contact, given based off of what you know, Chase Utley's dumb self, and don't even start on how he's playing. Um, yeah, that's a travesty. But, you know, again, like you said, the letter of the law, but my man uh, <laughs> John Gibbons was hot. So why don't we just come out tomorrow and play in dresses? <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's, that's, that's tough. He's going to get some plaque for that one. I'm waiting on it to come. All I don't right. think he cares. So he made it... No, no, no. Yeah, you know, he cares. When they come for him, when those chicks start to come for him, he's going to care then. They got that boycott in his house, and you know when he drives his car to the stadium, he'll carry it in. <laughs> like, play around if you want to with these ladies and see what happens. Uh, I won't let my man come to your games. Now what you gonna do, John? Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't really want to get down like that. So we've been through some basketball, been through some baseball. Got to go to a little NFL because, of course, the world wouldn't be right if you have a sports podcast and you don't talk about the NFL. So I thought to you, big deal, no deal. Twitter wins the bidding to uh, live stream uh, Thursday night. NFL games this season? A um, little bit of a big deal. Twitter's actually been trending down the last three years. They uh, haven't, their marketing, their revenue hasn't been the same. And they got it for only $10 million, which I say only $10 million, which only sounds good when you realize that the NFL pays $111 million just for Monday night football. Right. So it'll, it'll be a good way for – Twitter to get some to get some more viewership going on and kind of boost the company. It'll kind of help out for both because streaming seems to be the way things are going lately, especially on a Thursday where people might be working, um, where people especially still aren't really tuned in, especially because most of the Thursday games are kind of throwaway matchups. So it's, it's an interesting idea, and we'll, we'll see how the numbers bear it out. 
you hit on it exactly. Because of the Thursday night game, and I think a lot of it is because of the West Coast. If it's not the games, of course, not being played on the West Coast, these 8.30 start times where it's still 5.30, you know, in California. Yep. Don't think it's not about that California market uh, where they, you, you can still at least catch the beginning of the game on Twitter, and then when you get somewhere, you can go to a TV set. So I think you're absolutely right. I just hope that Twitter does a better job than Yahoo did doing the London games because that was yeah, terrible. Yeah, that I was a horrible the, stream. It, it, it really was. I was in I and out every two seconds. Exactly. So um, I, I, I think it's a big deal, agree, because it's another avenue for people to watch the games that, where they can't be in front of the TV like you can on a Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I was going to hit on that as well. Uh, my man, Derek Wolf, you see, he must have heard that crime mob come on a different <laughs> nightclub, knock a few bucks. You know, he's just in there, knock a few bucks. He's, you know, throwing haymakers. Ugh. Missing and getting hit in the head with a bottle. So, Mercy. Um, uh, trust Ohio. Yeah, come on, you see. Yeah, I, I, I know. And my thing is sometimes when we talk about this, man, I would just send my homeboys or I would go somewhere and just get three chicks or good gun on Tinder with three chicks, bring them back to the house, you know, let your boy DJ in the basement and just be cool because at this point there's people out there just trolling you just to troll you to get you in trouble. And it doesn't seem like it's worth World it star. to go through that life. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that's all it is. And, you know, everybody can be on social media, can be a news reporter with their phone now. And I, and I just am like, when you have so much to lose, why go through that? You can't even, even when you're in VIP, you can't get away from it. People know who you are, especially in Denver, and you're a Denver defensive lineman coming off of a Super Bowl win. Just, just, just go home, you know, get the Kindle, Netflix and chill, something. You know, come on, bro. For real, just drink at the house. You got a big mansion. You've got your own bar down in the basement. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, no oh, one's going goodness. to a bar because it's fun. You're going because your buddies go there. You're not going because you're like, this is just a great place to hang out. No one in the history of forever has thought that it's been a great place outside of men who just use it to get away from their wives. And I try to find that side piece, right? So my thing is when you're there, exactly. you got the money, you don't really have to go through that. You're like, oh, Jeff, which wants us to come over? Yeah, they're coming. So don't put yourself in that situation. And I'm going to skip it to two and bring this one to this because it, it sort of relates. So we all jumped the gun, it looks like, um, on, on, on Shady, on Shady McCoy, because it doesn't look like he's going to get charged. And I don't know if Philadelphia just botched that or if the – I read a report where they said it was really on the uh, off-duty cops that they stole the ball from his people and they started the incident and that he swung and missed and then some chick got him out of the way and got him out of the club. Even though I don't know if I buy that. Like, how big is this chick that she could no. get a, a angry LaShawn McCoy by herself out of the club? Like, how, how does she do that? Just the pure, pure physics of it, I'm just I'm questioning. But your thoughts on that? Are we, are, we, are we starting to get to a point where we see an athlete, you know, in the headlines and we jump to conclusions before we let the process play out? Personally, I think they got the wrong verdict on it. I mean, the dude, it was a dude from his – I don't know if I would say that Shady should have been in trouble, but – I mean, there ain't nothing that the cops did wrong. Dude comes up and steals your bottle of champagne. You know how much you know how expensive champagne is in a club. I mean, yeah, you're you're rolling with Shady McCoy. Just brings twenty grand in. I mean, it's just a classless act, and they were just looking because they thought, hey, we're with a football player, we can get away with it, or because they thought I'm gonna knock if I book all that good stuff. And it's that was just a bad <laughs> thing all around. They didn't have enough to really prosecute Shady to begin with because there was no video evidence of him actually connecting. Um, it was just mm-hmm. all of his entourage, and you can't hold him responsible for his entourage, even though sometimes I think you should. That way you can get some of these NFLers to quit hanging out with these types of people 
and you'll you'd kind of see a lot of the trash that happens around the league kind of slow down. Yeah, the only thing I would say to that is I read a, a, a side report that said it was actually the off-duty cop that took the champagne from Shady to the table. I've, I've read conflicting reports about who did the stealing. But it goes back to what we just talked about before. Stay out the club when you have that much to lose. You you know, just go to the crib. Get your boy to write some hey, you, you, and you. I'm going to shine on come boy. Look up this car right here. You know, I'll put him on Hangouts or Skype. You know, he wants to see who, you know, first thing in the city coming, let's go. I guarantee you that'll work. It'll work every Friday and Saturday night you want it to work. It'll work on a Tuesday night. I just, just, just try. Stay out the club. There's, it doesn't happen. Yeah, when, you, when you're 20 and 21 and 22 and you're dumb, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, you're still trying to find He's that like person. 30 years old. Yeah, I mean, come, come on. You know, you be looking like those Jersey Shore dudes. <laughs> it's just too much to lose. Oh, man, I wish. These dudes need a life coach. They just need somebody just to – I told you before, they need that, that dude who everybody thinks is just lame. They need, they need a lame dude. Yeah, they need a say, hey, man, That's just not a good idea. It's not a good idea, bro. It's like you don't ever want to do nothing for him, but you got to have that guy because he'll keep you out of trouble. Oh. And speaking to that guy, Lord, Lord, Lord help Greg Hardy. Oh, I mean, my goodness. I know where we're going. I just – how? It, it – I couldn't even understand that interview that he did with Adam Schefter. Like, I tried to watch it and then read it, and it's like, why well, never put my hands on a woman? And I'm innocent, but, you know, they do things with pictures and yada, yada, yada. Bro, we've seen the pictures of her just destroyed, and you're innocent, and you never laid a hand on the woman? I, why? 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 This, there's a reason why all of a sudden our next topic has a deal and you don't. I mean, I, I, go ahead, man. I, I just don't know what else to say about it, but I think we had to talk about it because it was so <laughs> ridiculous of a statement that he made that I just couldn't let it slide. I don't know who to be more disappointed in, Hardy or Schefter, because Schefter just completely went on the Greg Hardy side. And if you didn't hear Schefter on the Dan Lebitard show, when Lebitard asked him, he's like, do you think he did it? All you get from Schefter is a, doesn't matter what I think, Dan. Just complete. And Michelle Beadle, bless her heart, I love Beadle, called out ESPN and said, why, this dude doesn't have a job. Why are you even going to give him a platform? I mean, what idiot is going to sit there and be like, oh, I've never laid hands on him. Dude, he did it at Ole Miss. That's what caused yeah. him to slide in the first place. I mean, he wasn't just yeah. somebody who just magically became a great talent. He fell to the third round or the sixth round in the draft because he couldn't keep his hands to himself. Yeah, well, there's two points to that. Well, you know, Adam Schefter went to Michigan, so I, – I, I think there's enough said. Everybody knows where my allegiances are. So he just, I don't know. <laughs> He's a bad I don't, person. I don't know what him. he was thinking about. Right. And, you know, he don't have more, more there to say, hey, man, that's just not a good idea. I think what was his conscience like, bro, no, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, I got to get these scoops. And then the other pieces, I don't know if you saw that uh, Steve Smith, Baltimore Steve Smith, uh, called Greg Hardy out on, on Twitter. Like, you know, my mom was good. with domestic violence and so was I. I was like, no, nah, we ain't trying to hear that, bro. You definitely have laid your hands on a woman. And I don't care how big you are, Greg Hardy. I, there's, all, there's not too many people in this world, definitely in the NFL, that you want to really get into it with, and it might come to Steve Smith is nuts. He's crazy. He's like that pit bull in the hood where you try to cross the other side of the street and don't make eye contact with it and hope it don't come over there by you because it might bite your leg off. That's who Steve Smith is, and it's great for him on the football field. But Steve Smith is, is legitimately crazy, like you said, and, and, and you're going to have to kill him or have somebody pull him off. Like, there is no walking away. Either you're going to be knocked out or in the hospital He's going to be knocked out in the hospital, or one of y'all going to be dead, because that's how CCFO. So, 
If you're listening, Greg, don't you better let it, you better let it slide. Just let it go because Steve will come for you. Um, you're talking about a dude who, after coming back from that, his first game back, starts doing you know the gun, the just going two guns up on his after a sack. I mean, you're talking about just he's just a flat out idiot. I mean, there's there's he's just classless. There's no remorse in it, and I don't understand. I I expect. Ray Rice to have a job again before Greg Hardy. I know Greg Hardy is really, really great at getting the opposing quarterback on the ground, but the only people, the only GMs I could see putting Greg Hardy back on the field are Jerry Jones and Loomis from the Saints. Those are the only two. Maybe Ursay because he's a druggie and he doesn't care. But outside of that, <laughs> Jerry Jones, we all know where Jerry Jones lies. Jerry Jones is a horrible human being. You know, that's. I think all the other owners are going to kind of band together and say, "Let's get this crap out of our league." Yeah, and I think you're starting to see that. I don't think Ray Rice is going to get a job because if you think about it, before he knocked out his his fiance, his skills were already on the decline. Yeah, his, now he's what? Yeah, a year or two already removed. So I I I think his is more skill related. Where if he, I think he would have been back in the league if people thought he could come back and be that Ray Rice from four years ago. Or five years ago, he would have a job. But you look at the tape those that that last year, it wasn't really good. And I got to see him twice against the Bengals, and I was like, yeah, that's not the Ray Rice I know, and I'm glad. But he's he hit that wall, and it happens with running backs, and it's just there's no rhyme or reason. They hit a wall. Yeah, you run face first into that wall. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, no more time on him. But from one knucklehead to another, Alan Smith, even being suspended for a whole year, signs a two-year deal uh, with, with Oakland. Uh, I'm just wondering, can he can he stay clean without no. having that structure of football around him? To, you know, because you know this he's already got a one year suspension. He's done anything else, and you know he's he's done right. So you think he's going to see the all two of those years with Oakland? No. Alden Smith can keep himself <laughs> clean with the structure of football. He ain't going to do it without. You know who Alden Smith reminds me of is Daryl Washington from Arizona. Some of these guys, mm-hmm. it's a wake up call, and some of these guys just decide they'd rather drink. Daryl Washington, one of the best football players on the planet, one of the best middle linebackers, but there's no telling if he's ever going to get reinstated because the only thing you hear from him is that he's continuously failed drug tests and continuously right. been out drinking, even with his year-long suspension. Complete opposite of Josh Gordon, and Josh Gordon still doesn't have a reinstatement date, which, by the way, right. is complete crap. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping they don't reinstate him because I'm not trying to see that dude twice a year. He's a monster. Uh, I know that's selfish, but I'm just going to be selfish today. Um, <laughs> also reminds me a little of, of, of Odell Thurman. You know, all the talent and in Justin the world. Blackman. Just, Justin Blackman. Just can't, just can't be cool. These guys just, I need a life culture. That guy in their life, you know, you need a no man. You don't need a yes man. You need a no man. Um, I, I throw it up here. Uh, there's one I wanted to bring up uh, as it's come over the past couple of days. I don't know what world Colin Kaepernick is living in where yeah. – he won't go play for Denver for $7 million, but he wants out of San Francisco, and they're trying to get San Francisco to pay the other $4.9 million of that. Um, I, yeah, Denver's not going to – why would Denver blink? Like, you know, Mark Sanchez is going to let the world on fire, but as a one-year stopgap with a great defense and a running game, he's still better they still than can Kaepernick. win games. Right. You know, he's got more accuracy. He may not have the arm strength, but he has more accuracy, and you know they're going to draft a quarterback anyway. I mean, I don't have any words for what Colin Kaepernick is doing right now, dude. I mean, if you want out that bad – you're still making $7 million, bro, and you're making it in Denver where the sales tax, I mean, the uh, income property tax is not nearly as high as it is in California. Um, there's, there's another player that I've 
he's just an idiot. I've really got no sympathy for him. I mean, I haven't been a fan of Kaepernick since he first started playing. Um, he's a one-trick pony that just throws a fastball, and he can't locate his fastball. He's basically Mark Wolders or John Rocker for the NFL quarterbacks. He throws really, really hard. He has no idea where it's ending up. And he's going to back up Blaine Gabbard again. I mean, Chip Kelly will try yeah. to start him and say that he's fixed him. but And everybody, you'll hear guys in the NFL who don't really know what they're talking about. You'll even hear guys on the radio around here in Atlanta that don't really know what they're talking about, talking about how Kaepernick's a great scheme fit for Chip Kelly. No, he's not. You only think he's a scheme fit because he can run, because Chip Kelly's quarterbacks at Oregon ran the ball. In Chip Kelly's offense, you have to be able to hit the short pass. And to, do, to hit the short pass, you've got to have touch. can't throw the ball 98 to your running back slipping out of the backfield. Michael Kaepernick Vic. can't pass. Kaepernick can't – yeah, looking at you, Vic. Kaepernick is just a right-handed <laughs> Michael Vick. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw it coming out. He's just a right-handed Michael Vick. And as much as Michael Vick was a spark in Atlanta, dude was always a horrible quarterback. I hated having it. I hated having Vick in Atlanta. Oh, Really? Let me really he, for every electric play he'd do he'd he'd throw the ball away or he'd overthrow a six five receiver by ten feet. Well, yeah, he did do that. And other thing about San Francisco is that he might be third. I mean, they mess around and they talk about get golf, and he comes in and does anything in training camp. Because honestly, given where Kaepernick is as a quarterback in terms of a pocket passer, Jared Goff might be better than him right now. Nothing. I mean, Goff right. is. I would saying. take Goff day one as a rookie. Dude, I would take Dak Prescott day one as a rookie. I would take oh, I would take Paxton Lynch day one as a rookie over Colin Kaepernick. He's a head case. Nobody in the locker room really likes him. He's a known dude to chase after dudes' exes. I mean, yeah, he man, breaks bro a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. He went out to Alvin's old girl. And I think they're getting married. Are they engaged? Yeah. yeah. Come on, bro. And you live fact, in the Bay area. When the NFL tried so hard to push this Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick drama a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I just, for the life of me, I couldn't understand what everybody was saying about Kaepernick, and I, I'll never understand it. Put up those huge numbers when, lo and behold, nobody had any tape because he came from flipping Nevada. So, of course, no defense <laughs> has any tape on you. And I expect you to be able to hit a wide open throwing lane when you have 10 people in the box thinking you're going to run the ball. I mean, it's just, this is part of the NFL where I, I don't understand how these guys can get paid this amount of money and not see something as obvious as this. Yeah. Well, I hope that's how you can get off. So I can be your assistant. Um, and from one craziness, this is, I guess this is just a crazy episode. If you act crazy, we will talk about you because why not? Cause now we have two <laughs> FX athletes. You know, DUIs, I think, in consecutive days, or maybe in the same day, and again, Ohio. Yeah, Troy Smith, you know, so drunk he just can't get his name out. They asked him to do the alphabet. He stopped it. I'm sure. Yeah. uh, If you haven't seen the video, I think New York Post has it. They put it up there. They get everything. Um, And then he tried to play the, you know, this is Buckeye country. What are you doing? Uh, Come on, Troy, man. I mean, for once. Can we just have a seven-day period? Well, we get on here and talk, and I can ha- hold my hand up high and not have to worry about, you know, <laughs> getting texts from all my friends about how ridiculous we are as a state or as a city in Cincinnati. Like, I text Dylan pictures of some Ohio State Nikes that I have that I can't wear out the house because <laughs> every day it's something foolish that happens, and I don't want to hear it. 
Like, yeah, those are nice, but your boys are crazy. Why can't y'all stop drinking? Y'all snitch. You know, like, I can't wear it anywhere. Urban but, sure know, helping that food. out. Yeah, man, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I purposely did that. you love fire and trestle now. No, but dude came back and uh, recanted. He basically apologized and said that it wasn't it, his co- comments got misconstrued. The recruit. So that that was today. It came out today. Um, but then for all our soccer heads, uh, Amy Walkback also got arrested and pleaded not guilty. I was like, uh, sure. Um <laughs> Dude, that's that's a hard woman right there. She will, she will lay you out and not blink. Yeah, but another piece I don't get is, you have the money. Like Troy didn't, you know, he made a little money. He didn't make a lot of money, but he's gone back to a higher. Dude made, like a, the, the dude made six figures. Thing. That's the money. Right, exactly, and he made it in Baltimore. So you know, like again, it's not California, New York, where your taxes are super high. Uh, I don't get it. Just giving your homeboys, hey, I will give you $500 not to drink tonight to drive me home so I can get loaded. I'm going to smoke these blunts. I'm going to drink this champagne. You can't have none of it today, but I'm going to make it worth your while. Here goes $500 or a stack. The same with her. Then you got somebody that needs the money. You know you do. Somebody that you can call and say, hey, man, I just need you to be my designated driver. I got you. Why, why not? Why, how hard is that? Am I, am I, Dude, he can call up almost easy? anybody in Columbus. He could call up almost yeah. anybody and be in Columbus and go, hey, it's Troy Smith. Do you want to drive me around tonight? Freaking Uber. That's what it's there for. Right. Or even if you started and didn't mean to get that smash, you look up and say, damn, man, I am drunk. Call somebody. You, you in your own backyard. So was she. She was in Seattle. These, I, I, oh, man, I wish I had that talent with my brain. I would be so dangerous. <laughs> I Tell me about understand. it. <laughs> Why Tell me about do it. that? Oh, man. We're getting close to the end here. I, I want to because I know you got something for me, man. Or, or tell me about what happened on the day on the show. But I know you got something you want to get off your chest. So we got another piece of short fuse here where I let Dylan just rant because they're they're entertaining to me if nobody else. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But it's funny to me. It makes me giggle. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you, man. What which, which you want to talk about today? Just this continued crap that I keep hearing from stations here in Atlanta about how – Oh, you have to draft Raglan. You have to draft Raglan. If they're serious about getting better, they're going to draft Raglan. No, you don't. I don't care what the first three letters are in front of the player about where he went to school. I don't care if it's Alabama. I don't care if it's Akron. I don't care who it is. (laughs) If this dude is a two-down linebacker, you are not taking him at 17. If this dude is a pure run-stuffing defensive tackle, you are not taking him in the first round, or at least not in the top half of the first round. If this dude is a size-speed freak linebacker who does not ever play linebacker and who is too (laughs) small to actually get off a block, you do not take him at 17. When did we in in this city it's so stupid. We we rag on Thomas about drafting horribly, and he does. But you know what? He's still probably done a better job than half these people on the radio because they're just going by what team names they know. They don't know anything about fit. They don't know anything about what the Falcons actually need. You're naming off players just because they went to a big-name school. How about you try watching some tape before you try to tell me you're an expert? I don't care what you did 30 years ago. I don't care if you played college ball because if you played and you still can't recognize a good player – that just shows me, guess what? You probably weren't the talent on your team. 
looking at somebody in particular <laughs> that I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> See, this is why I do it. This is hilarious to me, and I didn't know that was coming. But I totally agree. And I know one of the players you talk about is my boy from Ohio State, but we've had conversations about this. I truly think he's too light. I'd love him in the second round. Yeah, I'd love him in the second round. Not at 17. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. And I was I wouldn't mind Raglan at twenty four, but not at seventeen. So I I don't even know I, if I'd I do totally him at twenty four. He's not enough better it. than Kentrell Brothers, who you can get in the third or fourth round. Kentrell Brothers had better production with basically the same speed. Kentrell Brothers posted about twenty five more tackles than Ragland. I mean I think Kentrell Brothers is gonna move up. I do. I think he's gonna move up. I think he and Jones from L S U are not gonna be there in the third round where people think they were gonna be when we first started looking at this. I think they're gonna move up. That's just me, but it's just it's just an it's an epidemic. If they see that you're from Ohio State or from Alabama, automatically people think that you should be drafted first overall. Never mind the fact that Bama's put out three first round players that have actually been decent. And yes, I'm counting Julio on that. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, you get you get that big school bias a lot, and I hear you. Uh, I, and I agree. I don't think any of those guys should go at 17. If that's what you're talking about doing, I would trade out. And let somebody make that other, somebody else make that decision at seventeen and pick up some picks. Uh, before we get out of I've here, heard, good people, we go ahead. go ahead. I've heard people in this radio climate for a station that I'm occasionally at actually throw out the opinion that the Falcons should take a Sean Robinson at seventeen. Oh no! Really? Yes. Yeah, that's trying that, to tell me that Ashawn Robinson. This is how bad it was. I just heard this today, talking about Ashawn Robinson being the best defensive tackle in the bat, in the class, and saying that Von Bell is the number one safety in the class. When Von Bell is at the highest number five, and I love Von Bell, and I know you do too. He's your Ohio State guy. Yep. Yep. But you can't just blatantly make crap up. You just show that you didn't pay any sort of attention. So you know what? Make way for those like me and like Jaquan over here who know what we're talking about so you don't have a city full of idiots thinking they can play draft GM and wonder why all their players don't work out. That's how <laughs> Thomas Dimitros get born. There you go. And I'm going to let that put a bow on our show. Thank you, good people, for listening. We are going to put this up here soon. I'm going to try to do it this week and get us on iTunes. And when I get this on iTunes, I will make sure that I will send it out. We'll put it on our Facebook page, or we'll mention it next week uh, when we do this uh, show again. Probably doing something the same thing. Probably be down to baseball, a little basketball with the NBA, headed out to the playoffs, and, of course, always some NFL knowledge. As always, bro, been a good time. I'll be in touch. Talk to you next week, good people. Yes, sir. And all you fans, don't worry. I'll have something else that I'm upset about next week. We'll keep this thing rolling. Hopefully we'll have some nicer news to talk about. Go Bravos. <laughs> yeah, and this one belongs to the Reds. Let's go. Talk to you next week, bro. Later, bro.